This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Good morning. It's wonderful to be together with you and worshiping our gracious God and Savior. We're going to start today uh, with a prayer, but if you want to open up your Bibles, we'll be in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8. We'll focus on that one verse today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us together and already in song and uh, through our confession and, and the announcement of forgiveness, reminding us of your amazing grace through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Lord, we want that message not only to impact our lives, but to be spread to the world, uh, a hopeless world that desperately needs the, the true hope, the lasting hope, the eternal hope of Jesus, our Savior. So um, teach us better today, Lord, how to do that. Um, how to make your name known, but most importantly, mo- uh, give us greater motivation for sharing that message with the people around us, with our community, um, and with the world. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, to start with today, I'd like you to think of a celebrity endorsement. So take just a moment and think of a celebrity endorsement. All right. Anyone want to share? Who's the celebrity endorsement that you're thinking of? Matthew McConaughey, Whoa, Matthew McConaughey, Lincoln Cars. I was thinking the same one. How, what else? Any others? Brett Favre, State Farm. There we go, Brett Favre, State Farm. Go ahead. I don't know that one. <laughs> Thank you. Any others? All right. I thought of Matthew McConaughey as well. Matthew McConaughey for Lincoln Cars. Here's my question to you. Do you think Mr. McConaughey actually owns a Lincoln? Do you think he even likes Lincolns? I'd say they gave him several million reasons to like Lincolns. The kind of reasons that allow you to pay cash for a 10,800 square foot Spanish Mediterranean style mansion in the foothills of Austin, Texas. Yeah, he'll like Lincolns for that. Now, I'd like you to compare that with Cy Sperling, the founder of Hair Club for Men. If you are old enough to remember Disco or the original Pac-Man or Knight Rider, maybe you remember Cy Sperling and his cheesy commercials. In a well-lit living room, He shares with balding men how they can get a full head of hair by joining his program. And as he talks, you begin to notice, my goodness, he himself has a very full head of thick brown hair. It's the kind of hair that would make Absalom jealous. And then he drops the bomb. I'm not only the president of Hair Club for Men, I'm also a, who knows this, I'm also what? A client. Then he shows you a picture of his previously balding head. 
And you realize, oh my goodness, this guy really believes in what he's selling because he received a benefit from this product that he promotes. Now, let's talk about what the Bible says uh, when it tells us that we are to be witnesses of the message of Jesus Christ. It says this in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Like Matthew McConaughey and Cy Sperling, we have a message. We have something to offer to the world. It's not fancy cars. It's not a full head of hair. It's a message of eternal hope and life through Jesus Christ, our Savior. But I want to be really honest with you today about these things. I often lack the motivation to share that message with other people. In fact, I, I really think as I look over my life that I have missed far more opportunities to share the message of Jesus than I have taken. Now let's look at the Apostle Paul, the greatest missionary who ever lived. He preached the gospel, the message of Jesus, to thousands of people and started churches all over ancient Turkey and Greece. Why was he so motivated to share the, the reason for the hope that he had in Jesus Christ? What was his motivation? You see, Paul realized that he was not just a gospel preacher. He was also a gospel client. Much more like Cy Sperling than Matthew McConaughey. And so in the verse we're going to look at it brief, briefly today, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8, he says this. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles, that's non-Jewish people, the boundless riches of Christ. In this short verse, Paul gives us two life-changing factors that can transform us into powerful gospel preachers. Much more like Cy Sperling. So, two factors. And here's the first one. We desperately need the message of the gospel that we share with others. Paul is the most amazing missionary who ever lived. I told you, he started countless churches or preached the gospel to countless people, started many churches all over ancient Turkey and Greece. He suffered more for Jesus in one lifetime than most Christians would suffer in 10 lifetimes. He wrote half of the New Testament Bible. Countless churches are named after him. And yet you heard what he said. I am less than the least of all the Lord's people. Why would he say that? Because before his conversion to Christ, he made it his life's goal to eradicate Christianity from the earth. He imprisoned innocent men and women simply because they confessed Jesus. The Bible tells us that he ogled with delight as he watched religious, religious zealots stone a godly man to death. What kind of a person gets delight in someone being stoned to death? He was a horrible person. 
And that reveals to us the first factor that we need to become powerful gospel witnesses. Like Paul, we need to realize that we're not just gospel preachers, we're gospel clients. We're people who desperately need the message that we are taking to other people. Now, I fancy myself to be a pretty good Christian person. And here's the reason why I believe that. Because I tend to minimize my own sin and mistakes. And I maximize the sins of others. For example, in my heart of hearts sometimes, I love to see Will Smith smack Chris Rock in a fit of rage. And then go back to YouTube and see it in slow motion. Over and over again. Why? Because I may not be perfect, but at least I'm not a violent maniac. But honestly, I'm pretty judgy about those Hollywood types. I may not be quite as temperamental, but I'm sure self-righteous. What's the difference, really? At a little roadside cafe in Thailand, a tourist ordered some stir-fry. He was incredibly hungry, just looking forward to the meal. The meal was brought. He dug in right away until he noticed a cockroach leg on his plate. He called the owner over and he said, hey, 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 there's a cockroach leg in my dish. She looked at it real closely. No, 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 that's not a cockroach leg. That, that's a cricket leg. As if that made it all better. With disgust, he said, I, I don't care if it's cockroaches or crickets. I don't eat bugs. Now, In this room, someone struggles with alcohol addiction. And someone struggles with gossip. And some of us struggle with the desire to be liked so much that we will say and do things that are wrong. Some of us are constantly nagging our children. A holy and righteous God says, I don't care what kind of sin it is. Crickets or cockroaches, I hate it all. I want you to think about the person in this world who annoys you more than anybody else. And if you're thinking it's me right now, this is going to get really awkward. Yeah, that guy, oh my word. Can you admit at your core that you are no better than she Can you really do that? I want you to think of the worst person that you know. I want you to picture that person in your mind. Can you see yourself kneeling next to that person as an equal at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ? Or do you more, in your heart of hearts, picture yourself standing next to the cross of Jesus, arms folded and giving him the stink eye? A righteous righteous and holy God says, I don't care what kind of sin it is. It's all sin. It's all disgusting to me. 
We have different sins and different weaknesses, everybody in here. Different things that ensnare you that don't ensnare other people. It's all the same to God. It's all sin. And if we can't get that through our heads, we will not only lack motivation as gospel witnesses, here's what you need to hear. If we can't get that through our heads, in the end, we can't be Christian. That's powerful. If I think I am better than you or anyone else in here, I have no real use for the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And I have absolutely no motivation to share it with somebody I think who is lesser than me. So that's the first factor that you need to understand to become a powerful gospel witness. Like the Apostle Paul, we are not only gospel preachers called to share the message of Jesus, we are also gospel clients who desperately need the very message we're sharing with other people. But that's only the first factor. Okay, the second factor is this. We must realize that God's gospel message is lavish. Lavish. So let's go back to our verse. I'm going to read it again. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people. Now that's, the, that's factor one, right? I'm less than the least of all the Lord's people. This grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. That's factor two. Bible translators actually have a little bit of difficulty translating this from the original Greek into English. Um, this one says, of course, the boundless riches of Christ. There's another translation that says something like this, um, incalculable riches of Christ. Still another translation says the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now, the original Greek word that Paul used means something like this. This is why it's so hard to translate into English. It means impossible to understand on the basis of careful examination or investigation. So Paul is saying that he was given the privilege to share a message that is impossible for us to understand or accept on our own without God's help. Now, the gospel message is not impossible to understand without God's help because it is so complex. Even the tiniest Christian toddler in here can explain the gospel very clearly. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. But the gospel message is impossible to understand on our own because it is far more lavish than sinful human beings could ever dream. In China, when someone dies, the family traditionally will sit with the body for a couple of days to ward off the evil spirits. And during that time, they will practice something called chaodu. Chaodu basically means to perform religious ceremonies to help the soul find peace. So chaodu involves a lot of singing or chanting, playing of instruments quite loudly, other kinds of rituals. When my Chinese teacher's grandfather died, her family performed chao du. And so as a Christian, I asked her, did it give you any comfort? She gave me a really strange and confused look, and she said, no. It was just something we had to do to help my grandfather's soul get to heaven. 
It's the, what the priests told us to do, and, and we did that. See, that's the natural religion of all mankind. No matter where you go, no matter what culture, no matter what we're in history, that's the natural religion of mankind. If I do some good things, if I perform the right ritual or the right sacrifice in the right way, then God or gods or the eternal force or whatever it is will somehow bless me maybe or uh, accept me or forgive me or take me to some kind of heaven. But God's lavish message of grace says this. There is nothing that you can do or must do or say to be accepted by God, to be loved by him, forgiven by him, blessed by him, and taken to be with him forever in heaven. Nothing. Listen, no matter what you have done, what you have failed to do, what was done to you, no matter how much you have succeeded or failed in this life, you are invited by God, no matter who you are, into this lavish richness through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who gave his life for us. And, and even more than that, this forgiveness and acceptance won for us through Jesus on the cross and through his resurrection, Paul says it's boundless. Listen to these words from uh, Psalm 103. You've probably read them or heard them many times, but listen to them carefully. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so as high as the heavens are, the, the entire universe from the earth, and the universe is expanding, they say, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. To put it in financial terms, what it's saying there is, there is no possible way that you can overdraw God's savings account of grace. Let me say it again. There is no possible way, no matter who you are in here, that you could possibly overdraw God's savings account of grace. You are just as much loved and forgiven and accepted on the best day of your life and the worst day of your life than you are on your best day. You are always loved, always forgiven, always accepted, and nothing can change that. That's the boundless riches of God's amazing grace. So now you have the two factors that can transform you into a powerful gospel witness. Number one, we desperately need the gospel we share with others. Number two, God's gospel for us is lavish. And the greater the gap between your understanding of your sin and depravity and your understanding of God's lavish grace, the greater that gap, the more the motivation to share it with other people. The greater the distance between factor one and factor two in your life, the more motivation that you have to tell people, I am the least of all God's people, and yet this amazing grace was given to me. And I want you to know that amazing grace. 
the smaller that gap by contrast. What motivation do you have to share that with others? But to understand that you are not just a gospel preacher, you are also a gospel client. Eternally loved, eternally blessed by the God of the universe. That's something that I want to, I got to tell other people. Jacob's father was a farmer who sometimes worked 19 hours a day for very little profit. Jacob is the guy in the middle. and There's his wife, Hannah. It was Jacob's father's deepest desire that Jacob would get good grades in school and bring honor to the family by becoming successful in the business world. There was one big problem with that. As a little boy, Jacob was a terrible student. And as a result, his dad literally called him Rubbish. That was his name for him, Rubbish. After a certain time, his father would no longer talk to him. He refused to answer when Jacob called him Dad. Now, as Jacob got older, his grades got better, and as a result, he acquired a a scholarship to a university. He was so excited that he could tell his dad and show his dad that he was finally worthy of acceptance, worthy of love from his dad. And when he said to his dad, this is what I did, his dad said to him, stop being so proud. You're just showing off. Jacob was devastated. He thought he was nothing. He thought he was a nobody. He thought his life was worthless. But he went to university in Beijing anyway. And there he thought, oh, at least I'm away from my parents. And he began to look for ways to become worthy, to be acceptable uh, through what he did, through what he said, through how he performed. But it didn't work. This is what he writes. And maybe some of you can really identify with this. I felt my heart was cursed. Lonely, restless, painful, desperate. I hated myself, and I hated who I was and what I was. I hated myself because I didn't even have the courage to die. I hated this world. My life was falling apart. And then Jacob happened to meet a young missionary who invited him to study the Bible. And there, for the first time in his life, he heard about the lavish grace of God. And I'll I'll share this with you in his own words. These are Jacob's words. God gives comfort to the brokenhearted. He is finding the lost. He gives hope to the hopeless. He makes the weak strong. He makes the poor rich through his death on the cross. He cares for us, not only physical needs and spiritual needs, but also emotional needs. This broken young man found the acceptance that he had been seeking his entire life. And he found it in the Heavenly Father who lavished him with grace. Now, he could have walked away from his old life and just said, This is my new life with my new father. But the gospel wouldn't let him do that. And so he went back and he shared this message with his father. The father who had nearly ruined his life. 
And as a result, uh, over Chinese New Year in 2015, he himself baptized his father in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You see, Jacob realized just how amazing our God is. He felt like nothing. And then God raised him up to these unbelievable heights, saved him, redeemed him, blessed him, and promised him heaven. So like Paul, Jacob learned that he was not only a gospel preacher, he is also a gospel client. So this is the last thing I want to share with you. If you are struggling with the motivation uh, to share your faith with family and friends, or you're struggling with the motivation to invite someone to, say, the worship gathering or to a small group or something like that, or to share a devotion with a friend online, whatever it is, (laughs) honestly, here's what you need to do. First of all, you honestly need to review the depths of your depravity. Stop making excuses. Stop looking down on the other guy. Stop blaming other people. And just evaluate your own life. Your own thoughts, words, and deeds in the shadowless presence of a holy God. And then remember that that holy God gave his son for you. And through Christ, he has accepted you, completely forgiven you, washed you clean, adopted you, blessed you, and nothing, no matter what you do, will ever change his love for you. And then like Cy Sperling, whose life was transformed by a full head of hair, your life will be transformed as you understand the greatness of the gospel gap between your sin and the lavish grace of our God, and your life will be changed so that you want to share that message more and more every day. Let's pray. Lord God, as we um, take a look honestly at our lives, every one of us in here, we have to recognize that we don't deserve your grace. We don't deserve to be accepted by you. There's not something we have done to make you take notice and to make you adopt us. We're helpless, Lord, on our own. In fact, we're running the opposite way from you without your help. And Lord, forgive us for all those times where we thought we were better than others because our sins were different. uh, Because their sins were more public and noticeable and ours were more private and hidden. Lord God, we, uh, we deserve your curse but instead you've given us a blessing. And not just any blessing, you have called us each to be your very own children, to be accepted, forgiven, blessed for eternity. And nothing can ever change that. You sealed it in baptism. You fed us in your supper. You've promised us again and again in your word how much we are loved. And we're here, Lord, because other people shared the gospel with us Maybe it was our parents when we were really little and they were passing on the message of Jesus. Uh, Maybe it was a friend who invited us to church, a counselor who pointed us to Jesus. Who knows? So many different ways that we were brought to you. 
We're so grateful for that. Lord, we want the motivation um, through your wonderful gospel to share this message with others, not just uh, in our own personal lives, but here in this community and to the ends of the earth. The world desperately needs your hope. We're putting our hope, in the world anyway, we're putting our hope right now in uh, the right politics and the right policies and uh, the, being on the right side of wars or whatever it is. But there's no hope in that. All we have to do is read history books, crying out loud. And it's not getting better. It's not going to get better. You are the hope of the nations. You alone. And give us the motivation to share that message of hope that we have with others. And Lord, today, if there's someone here who's not, you know, who's visiting here and is really not sure about this message, I pray that you would give them peace uh, and the hope that you redeem all, no matter how far they have fallen or uh, where they come from. Give them the peace of the gospel. Thank you, Lord, for this, this, the wonderful hope that we have through Jesus. It's in his holy name we pray it. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.